am Jennifer Isabella. And I'm Keith Johnston. Your co-host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where we explore the latest market dynamics impacting executives and their customers. Today, we're joined by senior analyst Nigel Lai to discuss generative AI and the future of search. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Nikhil, let's jump right into this. Let's just frame what's happening here. So uh, this is this is a push into a new era of search, but I don't think it deletes search. Marketers got to think of it a different way. Like, you know, what's going on here? Just, you know, paint a picture for us. Sure. So search has become conversational because of Gen AI. So I've spent a lot of time with product managers at Bing and Google talking about how they're going to change the look and feel of the search engine because of Gen AI. And Google admitted that they could have released technology like ChatGPT half a decade ago, but they chose not to because they thought that it would be irresponsible and a disservice to their mission to exacerbate the problem of misinformation across the internet. And I paraphrase. Uh, but now their hand has been forced by Microsoft and Microsoft has nothing to lose because no one uses Bing. And so Google is having to uh, make search conversational uh, faster than they ever thought they needed to. And so what's happening, Keith, is really three things. Clicks are going uh, away and Google had been designing experiences for zero click search for a while. That design trend has accelerated. There was an article in the journal last week about publishers being existentially threatened. There was a lawsuit that I wrote about this morning from news publishers saying that Google's basically going to siphon off all their traffic and no one's going to click through to the site. So clicks go away. The search engine results page becomes increasingly visual and increasingly engaging. Uh, and the few clicks that remain are going to be really low in the funnel. So the shape of the funnel changes uh, and some of the metrics that marketers use to measure search marketing also change. So let's step back. You said that they could have done this half a decade ago. Um, and would it have been irresponsible for consumers or a threat to their business? A bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably more the latter. Yeah. <clears throat> so you know, the lion's share of Alphabet's revenue remains pay-per-click and uh, displacing the click as the currency of search um, forces Google to become a lot more creative in how they account for revenue. There's so many implications based on the three points that you just made, especially for the type of content that marketers are creating, right? And how that shows up on search engine result pages. So can you talk a little bit about that and like the implications today and maybe a, a fur further down the road or how quickly are these implications coming to bear really? Sure. So um, I was speaking to the chief product officer of an SEO platform and I like how she said it. She said that we're moving from a structured universe of keywords to an unstructured world where content and natural language are first-class citizens. So the idea of optimizing for or like stuffing a blog post with keywords that you think consumers use when they search for your product or service, those days are gone because now consumers are having complex conversations with the search engine, asking follow-up question after follow-up question, really, really long queries with lots of words in them. So, um, 
content optimization becomes qualitatively different. It's no longer about like keyword optimization. It's about writing it, it, sort of ironically, Jen, the most performant content um, is going to be picked up by an AI because it is written in natural language. <laughs> it's like the more natural your content, the more artificial intelligence can actually become. Um, and content becomes the lever that search marketers have, right? Bidding is now automated. Um, so the idea of getting an edge um, because you're really good at bidding on PPC, those days are gone. Google's automated bidding. Um, aspects of SEO can be automated as well. Generating schema markups, writing title tags, issuing directives for robots.txt. ChatGPT can do that. They can do the, the TDM that SEO practitioners have to do. So now the only lever is really content. And the extent to which your brand or your product or your service shows up in the course of that conversation that the consumer has with the engine, that becomes the goal of search marketing. And so your content needs to be crawlable, indexable, authoritative, credible, trustworthy for it to show up in those conversations. And the key metric is going to be conversational impressions. That becomes key instead of ranking or average position or keywords. Uh, that sounds fantastic because we've been talking about generative AI crushing creativity for a while. But, you know, to be clear, Nikhil, you're saying that content, the visualness, the interactivity, um, how social uh, it is like that's more important than ever. So marketers have to get back to marketing. Yeah, they do, uh, because that's what consumers demand. Um, so Google was showing me, I was at their office and in Venice beach a few, a few months ago, and they're showing me a new filter that they intend to release called perspectives, which is full of short form video. So when you're searching for the best barbecue in Savannah, for example, you could be getting a page with a bunch of links that you could go to, but in this tab, you're going to get short form video after short form video with user generated reviews of different restaurants in Savannah. And that becomes a form of interacting with the search engine. That's social, that's engaging, it's creative, it's visual. The idea of optimizing for text or ranking links, that's not the case anymore. So in so many ways, marketers are going to be back to basics, but they have to look at how they're measuring the performance of uh, what the new version of search is. Um, you know, think about the experiences differently. Uh, let's just highlight what what really changes from search of today, I guess, or where search is going for the marketer. Yeah. So a couple things really change. One is that this false choice between paid and organic search um, becomes obsolete because paid search and the quality of the ads that Google automatically generates is going to be a direct reflection of the quality of, of the organic content on the page that's being used to generate the ad. So Google is, is automating the process of campaign creation in such a way that ad quality and content quality become direct direct reflections of each other. So those two teams, and sometimes they're two agencies and their goals differently, that's not gonna work. So SEM and SEO have to work together more effectively. The second thing um, is that as zero click searches rise, which reduces friction for consumers on the SERPs, um, marketers have to focus a lot less on click-through rate, on ranking, on average position, year over year traffic. I mean, Keith, one of the questions I get most often 
from our um, brand marketing clients is what to do about my SEO team because I'm looking at year over year traffic to my site and it's falling. So my SEO team must suck. And I'm like, no, you're you're measuring the wrong thing. (laughs) Like Google is designing the experience so that yes, traffic may fall to your site, but the the information on google.com is going to become more relevant in the process. And so it's a lot less about clicks. It's, it's, it's really refocusing on the guidance that Google gave a decade ago, experience, um, expertise, authoritativeness, trustworthiness. Bing gave guidance about quality and credibility. This is all about the quality of your content. So those are the two things that really have to change. So when the marketer's not buying the SEO, the words and such, what are they now buying from Google or someone else? I mean, are are new competitors in this space now? Yeah. So I think that they're buying the follow-up question. Hmm. They're buying the search engine's ability to infer intent or to infer subtext. So Google was showing me this really interesting demo of how a single mom would search for a spring break destination um, for her and her two kids. And it was a conversation with the engine that took maybe 45 seconds for this particular mom. She didn't click at all. She figured out what trail to take in Zion. And she started off with this really, really broad query about spring break destinations for me and my two kids. And the funnel got narrower and narrower and narrower over time. And by the end of it, without clicking through, she knew which trail to take, which park to go to, which state to go to, et cetera, et cetera. So um, what you're bidding on as an advertiser is the next question she's going to ask. So if you're REI, you know, in the, in the old world, you'd be, you'd be looking for people like her who were searching for camping equipment. And if they didn't search for camping equipment, then you'd never find them. But here, Google, you know, Google's going to guide REI and vice versa to this experience. Uh, so when she's end, so that when she ends up on that trail, she's going to have that equipment. The quality of the content and what you just said makes me think about as a marketer, you truly have to understand the context of your consumer, right? So, you know, you're shaping a conversation, if you will, to get them to buy into your product. How do we do that? Is it, does it change the way marketers are really thinking of this completely? Or are we, again, back to, you know, hiring some really talented copywriters that just understand how to make these experiences or these conversations work? So it's less about the skill of the copywriter and more about the skill of the data engineer, I think, because the, the voice of customer is hidden in your CRM. It's trapped in your CRM. And so, for example, I was speaking to an automotive brand and they were walking me through their content plan for 2024 and how it's going to impact SEO. I was like, wait a second. Do you know whether people are searching for pre-owned or used cars when they come to your site? Or are you just assuming that they're searching using one phrase or the other? Like the answer to that question is in your CRM. You know, you have tons of zero and first party data, um, unstructured data full of natural language that you can be mining or that you can cultivate your search marketers to upskill, to become data engineers, to mine that, to mine that. And then the voice of customer that you glean from that data then informs the copywriting. So it's less about the sort of pure creativity or discretion of the writer and more about listening to your customer based on the data you've collected about them. 
I'm so fascinated by this intersection of copy and code now because you you truly have to understand the relationship of words, you know, which is uh, just fascinating. It is fascinating. Um, and, and a lot of the BARD or ChatGPT enabled copy generation tools are being used as code generation tools. So, for example, I was speaking to an SEO platform. They have this new tool that um, assists copywriters and it's one of the you know, one of the really interesting things we're finding is that the software developers are actually um, sort of sharing logins to this tool <laughs> and generating code in a way that then allows the developer to become a QA engineer rather than a coder. Um, so yeah, just some some more color to back that up. Yeah. So um, I guess back to you know the likes of Google where we're zero click searches are on the rise you're clicking on less things but you're saying you're getting deeper into the funnel where there's much more quality impression how are we going to measure that we're going to measure that by um the number of impressions that your brand gets and conversations that users have with the engine there's another so tbd on what the metric is called i'm calling it conversational impressions for now because that's what google told me uh, I'm not sure how they're going to brand it, but that's going to be key. That's a, that, that is a net new metric that nobody's measuring today, right? The other um, somewhat new metric would be SERP saturation. So, you know, when I'm searching for camping equipment, I'm going to have a conversation with the engine on the right-hand rail. There'll be some, some organic links that maybe link to REI or maybe link to Dix or something like that. And then some of the links in the conversation are going to be sponsored. And that's, and that's the PPC uh, model being held over. And so SERP saturation basically measures the extent to which not just I'm getting impressions in conversations, but the extent to which my links are showing up in that right-hand rail, so which is an expression of my content credibility and authority. And so SERP saturation has been something that folks have been focused on for the last few years. Um, but that's going to become increasingly important. What about if clicks are going away? Like, what are we paying for from the paid perspective? Impressions or? You're paying for, yes, you're paying for impressions from the top to the bottom, to the bottom of the funnel. So search used to be just a channel for demand harvesting or demand capturing. Now it becomes a channel for demand generation, especially as it becomes more visual and you have like social video on search. Um, but you're also paying for inference, as I mentioned, and, and, you know, you're paying for the intent that's subliminally expressed in those follow-up questions. What is so crazy about what you're just saying about inference and impressions and everything, uh, isn't that the marketing that we've been fighting for the last two decades? We wanted the clicks, be clicks because we wanted to have the impressions so measurable and so measurement seems like it's going to be challenged. Are you saying that we are still going to be able to correlate enough data to make it much more measurable than where we were 20 years ago? Well, on one hand, um, transitioning search from a CPC to a CPM model makes measurement, makes buying easier because then you're able, right? Because then you're able to compare an impression on YouTube to an impression on search to an impression on Spotify. But Measurement becomes more challenging if you're if you're focused on the bottom of the funnel at the expense of the middle or the top. But I think that I think that this really becomes um, the golden age of the middle of the funnel, 
<laughs> where it's like, all right, I got an impression on that conversation that that user was having. Um, and therefore, the next time she searches, she's not going to search for cami equipment. She's going to search for REI equipment. And she's going to be diverted from a generic auction, which is way more expensive for me to bid on, to a branded auction. And so then search becomes a more profitable way to compete for clicks. So, you know, so, so getting getting that top of funnel exposure becomes a more profitable way to, to compete for clicks. And then the middle of the funnel, um, I think, I think becomes, um, a lot more important. So that sounds great for the marketer, perhaps not so great for Google. And I guess maybe should we define the competitive set in here? Because I think what people are thinking is that, you know, chat GBT being open source, Microsoft has a thing going on, Amazon, Every, everybody's got a generative AI thing, but th these generative AI technologies or platforms or different LLMs are not necessarily in Google's space. Is, is Google truly uh, at risk or just do they have new competitors? Because I got to tell you, it's like Google's done a pretty good job of organizing the world's information up until this point. I can't see them going away or anything. <laughs> They're not going away, but this is a credible risk to their core business. And therefore, and I paraphrase, they told me that they're prepared to lose money in the short term on search, broadly defined, to accelerate the adoption of the search generative experience. And then once you have adoption, then you can begin to sort of cautiously monetize so I think that we're going to see, and you know, it's it's beyond me what the finance team at Google is doing about this, but we're going to see, um, I think, a credible threat to the search ad revenue in the near term. Um, and one of the most common questions I've been getting uh, since we put out our prediction about Gen AI turning Google into the next Google is how soon that change is actually going to come. How soon? are the three of us on this podcast going to be having conversation with Google this time next year, next Christmas, are we going to be searching like that or not? It's a hundred billion dollar you know, question, but I think that um, adoption is going to happen faster than many people expect it to just because there's less friction for users. So yes, it's a, it's a credible threat. Google's responding to it as best they can. They have a head start because they have decades and decades of artificial intelligence research that they're drawing upon, you know, they have an extremely deep moat in AI to begin with, maybe not in generative AI, but they have the, you know, the deep moat in, in AI research. And then again, TikTok, Amazon, Bing, those are um, qualitatively different search experiences. Like with Bing, for example, we surveyed um, our uh, market research online voices panel. And I think it was like 75% or more of the, of the respondents said that they would use Google to verify responses from Bing of which they were suspicious, right? So Google's superpower is the trust, the, 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 the trust that, that, that it has earned from consumers and its ability to mitigate counterparty risk between publishers and between consumers. That superpower is not, is not going to diminish. So from a marketer's perspective, if we can't determine timeline right now, what do marketers do today to make sure that they can take advantage of this technology and launch into this with some level of control versus waiting for 
I don't know, Google to release the next big thing and be at the mercy of a, of a search engine that we might be ready to get out of anyway, you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So three things. One, uh, is about people. So it's high time that search marketers upskill from being copywriters and bid managers to data engineers and data scientists. So that's, that's point one. Um, I mean, I've, I've spoken to some search marketers, for example, who are now becoming fluent in social listening tools. And they're saying, Nikhil, you know, I'm thinking of using Reddit and listening into conversations on Reddit to, to better understand the language that people are using when they search for the problem that we're solving. Otherwise I'm just guessing about the language that they may be using. So that's a really interesting um, form of upskilling. Point two would be that we need to move to a world of holistic search marketing. That's something that can be done immediately. And by that, I mean having local paid organic search in different dashboards, having different KPIs where you're goaling SEO on long-term brand value or year-over-year traffic and you're goaling paid search on tomorrow's ROAS. I mean, you cannot have those different time horizons for two functions that are two sides of the same coin. So there's a measurement and a process challenge that needs to be solved for SEO and SEM. And then the third, I would say, is to is to focus on performance indicators that actually express customer satisfaction with how they're consuming knowledge and how they're learning about your brand. And so things like, you know, bounce rate, engagement time, goal completion, those remain really important. But as I mentioned, conversational impressions, SERP saturation, those things as well reflect how authoritative your brand is. So those are three things that I think need to change immediately. That sounds great to me. Um, this is probably the one of many conversations coming ahead. So my takeaway is actually, it's probably an exciting time for marketers. Um, Google's not going any way anytime soon. And I just, I feel like the search experience is going to be, you know, better for customers, consumers in the long run. Agreed. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to Forrester's What It Means podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast player. To continue the conversation, follow Forrester on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, or drop us a note at podcast at Thanks for listening.